Welcome to Out of the Box Radio with me, your host, Christine Blasdale. Out of the Box Radio is a weekly podcast of audible ear candy dedicated to bringing a fresh perspective on this thing that we call life. And each and every week, we're going to be diving into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as health, wellness, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide for this epic adventure, and each and every week we're going to be embarking on a journey with the ultimate goal being transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, Christine Blasdale, and today we are taking a look back at the best of this program from 2019, all relating to entrepreneurship and business and the do's and the don'ts, but these are the very best guests that I've had on this last year that I want to share with you today. So enjoy the show. Take a listen, and if you want more information about this podcast, you can go to outoftheboxwithchristine.com. Now let's get to this best of special show. So wonderful to have you join us today. I've got such an amazing show for you, so I'm really happy that you tuned in. I want you to share this program with as many people as you can, because once you hear my guest, I think you're going to understand exactly why she is being spotlighted here on Out of the Box with Christine. My guest today is Suzanne Evans, who is the president and CEO of Driven Inc. She's a mom, She's a wife, a sister, entrepreneur, and risk taker from North Carolina. Driven Inc. founder Suzanne Evans has written several books, including the New York Times bestseller, The Way You Do Anything is the Way You Do Everything. And one of my, I love the title of this book too, Suzanne, and The Hell Yeah Diaries. Both books combine a traditional memoir of, with a dose of business expertise that chronicles Suzanne's meteoric rise from a secretary on Broadway making 40 grand a year to running a multi-million dollar business in less than five years. I am so very happy and super stoked to have on the program Miss Suzanne, Mrs. Suzanne Evans. Is it Ms. Miss Suzanne? Mrs. Well, we're in the South, so it is Mrs. <laughs> thank you for having me oh thank you for for coming on board you are you are one busy lady Suzanne I am a little busy you know it never feels that way but it's so funny this is my second um chat with someone today the first woman also said she goes you are one busy lady so you said it she said it I'm starting to believe I'm busy well that's a good thing that's a really good thing (laughs) my as my daddy would say it's always better than the alternative oh yes no and you're well and you're you're helping you really are you're really helping so many people realize their dreams everybody's got problems everybody's got their stuff so when you're sitting here and you're thinking about growing a business or growing a life or whatever it is and you're like but i'm not good enough guys everybody is worried about not being good enough and when you worry about you know what will people say there will be people who most people will say nothing because they're so consumed with themselves and when you sit around and you worry about can i make this work who cares if it works you will have made an impact. If it doesn't work, probably no one will notice. So stop waiting. Exactly. Exactly. And the and the thing is, is that it's in it is it's tr- so much is that it's in the journey of of 
of reaching out, if you stay safe and small, then you're not going to grow and you're not going to learn very much. There's been times for me, like I'm, I don't know, if, I don't know if this is a Scorpio thing. I have like five planets in Scorpio, <laughs> so I'm like Scorpio, in, you know, in definition in the uh, in the dictionary. But I have tried different things in life. I've tried different businesses. I've tried different ways of living. And the thing is, is that each one I have put forward and I go, mm, I get to a certain point and I go, mm, that's not, that's not good. That doesn't feel good or that's, that's not to my benefit. But the fact is that the very reaching out for it has given me confidence that I can do things and that it has also pushed me forward. So the things that are seem really big, I'm like, no problem. I can do that because I've yeah. done these other things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that the biggest mistake that the biggest mistake that humans make is, is waiting, is waiting for anything. You know, I am the queen of bad decisions, <laughs> bad. De- I'm the queen of bad decisions, but I'm also really successful. And when I say I'm the queen of bad decisions, not because I make poor decisions, I make so many fast decisions that mm. some of them just have to be poor. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. But you make a right? decision, but you're deciding. Yes. And I'm, so I'm constantly moving forward. And even if I'm not moving in the right direction, sometimes it's that, you know, it's that momentum and that's, it's that, um, it's that direction that I can go, Oh, let's just take a left turn. And if you are waiting and if you are sitting still, nothing ever happens. I mean, so many amazing things have happened out of some of the bad decisions. And I don't mean, you know, one of those graduation mini books that's like fail your way to success. I just mean, I discover something, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, I made this terrible decision and I didn't, you know, this didn't work, but I actually ended up hiring this person in that decision and they're an amazing employee, you know, or whatever it is. Right. That's one thing that I wanted to um, to touch on with you is that there are, I mean, this, it's wonderful that there are so many uh, people g- going from either, you know, working for somebody else, working for another, for a company or a corporation and going into their own business, which I think is fantastic. There's a huge explosion, as you know, as you witness with women, because yes. it, I would say just over the last uh, few years, it, it is absolutely, you know, insane how many women are um, coming out and writing their own books and starting their own business, starting their, their, you know, coaching, consulting. And I think that's incredible. But when you, um, when you start off a lot of people and I've, it's happened to me too. And this is something that a lot of people go through, but I've went through this as well. Sometimes we're, we're really good, Suzanne, at a lot of things. And so when somebody says, so what do you do? And if, you know, you're starting your, your new business, this always comes up where people go, well, what do I not do? You know, I do a little of this, I do right. that. I'm an expert at this. I do this, 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 this. And then so the message obviously gets watered down. Can you talk about that uh, for for people who are considering starting their own business or they are starting their own business right now? They're not young, fresh entrepreneur and about the importance of at least honing in that message or narrowing down that scope because we all are good at a lot of different things. Yeah. So here's the bottom line. Just because here's what I like to say, just because it happened to you doesn't mean you should build a business around it Mm. or it should be a part of your marketing message. So I get people all the time that are like, Suzanne, I really need to start a business. I want to start a business. I'm like, why? And they're like, well, I got divorced. And when I got divorced, I'm like, well, get in line. 
because you got divorced doesn't mean you start a business around it. No. Or no. if you do, let's say you want to be a life coach, just saying that. It doesn't mean that you should be a life coach for divorced people, for empty nesters, and for people who are dealing with fibromyalgia, just because those are the three things going on in your life, right? right? right. The key to any business is you solve one problem. You solve one problem. And that problem has a couple of components to it. That problem must be specific. It is not, I help people feel better. No, it is, I help people um, get off of diabetes medication, right? Right. So it, it has to be specific and it has to have a level of urgency to it. There has to be a reason, right? Like that, that you want to put out, pull out a credit card and you'll do whatever it takes to, you know, to get a result now. So it has to have some urgency to it and it has to be strategic, right? The other thing I always like to say is I also like your message in your business to be set up in that if you solve that problem, you'll also need something after that because that's a business that can scale. So everything comes down to you solve one tangible problem. And I know you know this, but I can't even tell you, I can get into a circular conversation with an entrepreneur around this for hours because they really, when you're leading from wanting to make a difference over a strong business acumen, you get in trouble every time. Don't get me wrong. Nope. I know. I want to make a difference. Right. Um, but no, you're exactly right. The, and the message is everything. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, if you can't stand in front of a group of people and in under a minute, be really clear about what you do, the results you get people and why somebody should have an urgency to work with you. You don't have a business. You have an idea. Mm, say that again, please, for the people. Preach it. Say it yeah. one more time. <laughs> Come on, Sister Suzanne. So, yes. So. If you don't have a very specific message that you can deliver in under a minute that, that identifies the problem you solve, the results people will get, and creates urgency that they want to buy right then, you don't have a business, you have a feeling or an idea. I love that. Yeah. You basically summed it. You summed up. You just summed up like every, you know, the whole roundabout thing with the Tony Robbins and these multi day things. You basically just summed it up in like in well, oh, under a minute, 30 seconds. There you go, guys. And you didn't even have to travel. And right? you didn't have you to pay her. <laughs> but, it is, but it's true. And so, so we get really caught up in, in, but here's the other thing I love when people say, but I'm different. What? Oh, please don't be, please don't be because it will never work. Now I want you to be you. I want you to be unique. I want you to be your authentic self. I want you to bring your special juice to all of this. But when people go, you don't understand because I'm different. I'm like, no, we don't understand because no one understands. Right. Right. It's not because you're different. Uh, special snowflakes don't build successful businesses. People who go, and, and this is the other thing too, is, you don't want to be building something no one else has ever done. People will come to me all the time. They go, I'm doing something no one has ever done. I'm like, do not do that. <laughs> right. Because we're living in a day. To, I mean, you know, unless you're a nuclear engineer, it's not, doesn't tend to be my client base. 
Um, <laughs> right? There's nothing new to be invented, right? We need to lose weight. We need to find love. We need to make money. We need to manage money. We need to be better parents. We need, right? Whatever it is. Right. It, it's all been out there. So don't try to do something new or create something crazy and random. Try to improve the marketplace. Right. Try to bring a unique angle to it. With your Try, own unique brand, with yes. your own unique personality. Trillion percent. Yeah. Trillion percent. Hey, Out of the Boxers, we'll return to this program in just a few seconds, I promise, but I wanted to tell you about something that I am so excited about. It's my very own personal development program, and it's called Accelerate Your Dreams. If you want to start your own business, write a book, create healthy and happy relationships, or simply lose weight, our goal is to get you there. You can find out more by visiting AccelerateYourDreams.com. That's AccelerateYourDreams.com. Check it out. And now back to the program. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I'm your host, Christine Blasdale, and oh, I'm so excited about today's show. Um, it's all about money, 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 but not just money. Uh, you know, wealth and abundance can mean a lot of different things. If you have a lot of money and you don't have any time to uh, enjoy it, that sucks. If you have a lot of money and your health is so bad, you really can't enjoy it. Uh, that sucks too. So my guest today is Julie Steelman, and oh, I'm so excited. Okay, so uh, Julie earned her way out of the corporate world at the young age of 47 by unlocking the secrets to a new style of feminine earning power. She discovered that all women, yay, possess an internal wisdom she calls feminine financial intelligence. And this is what's, um, I mean, what's so phenomenal about her is that she was able to actually exit that corporate world at the age of 47 because she also, she generated over $100 million in online advertising revenue. Julie is the CEO and founder of the Financial Freedom Institute and is known to her clients as a financial visionary, a wealth coach, and selling expert. This is why I had to have her on the show <laughs> because I know how to sell too. And we've got so much to talk about, but welcome to Out yeah. of the Box with Christine, Julie. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and it's such an honor to hang and be in space with you. I met you at the, I met you recently and I just, I love your vibe and your energy and what you're about. And I think you're doing such a cool thing for people. And I love your show and the breadth of topics that you cover because you're not leaving out any areas of life. And that's so refreshing. It's the hardest thing in the world when you have to list on iTunes or now it's Apple podcast, what yeah. your genre is. And I'm right. like, well, it is health and spirituality, and it is self-improvement. It's the Blasdale bucket. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't know. It's every, I have five planets in Scorpio. It's everything. <laughs> it's reincarnation. It's health. It's wealth. It's everything. There's three things that I've learned as someone who I do a lot of sales, like a lot of sales. Not 100 million, but 18 million, something like that. But that's good. Um, what I've realized is the things that people gravitate towards and need in their life um, more than the latest gadget is health, wealth, and love. Yeah. In your role as a, a wealth coach, guys, I, I would love to, um, to let our listeners know what you do with clients. 
and what type of clients that you have. You don't have to name anybody, but like yeah. what, what type of clients, who goes to Julie Steelman and says, yeah. I need to work with you? You know, the, it's, it's a classic, it's very smart, conscious, caring, entrepreneurial women who don't want to work for anybody else. They're, these are women who I think are real pioneers. They're actually bringing in new blueprints of consciousness. They're very consciousness oriented. Then like you really focused on wellness and transformation so that we can all have a better life and the planet can be the place that we yearn to live in, you know, and they, a lot of them are six and seven figure earners, but they're not keeping very much of what they make. Ah, right. And so there's a consciousness shift there, but there's also a shift in, um, a practicality about how you run your business. And they notice that a lot of pricing is not oriented around prosperity. That deserves to be, um, expanded on yeah. because, uh, I've had this conversation too with some clients. I, I, I do some coaching as well and they're so worried and there's that pay gap thing, right? They're, yeah. they're so worried about, they're like, well, you know, I don't want to ask for too much because yeah. if I ask for too much, then I won't get any clients they'll and go I, away. Or they'll go away. So at least I'll have a few clients if I lower my, my prices. And, and what I'm saying, yeah, what I, what I tell them is that it needs to be based also on what you're, what you're giving and your energy and your time. It's worth the money. It's worth the money that you should be charging because this is your expertise, whatever it is. Yeah. It's what you're, it's what you're expert at. And the more we just say, you know, slash the prices, Oh, we're on sale today. Then you're, you know, you're always going to be doing that. Yeah. You know, the only business in the world that is successful at selling payments is car sales. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And right. so, and they, and when they brought in leasing instead of buying, they changed the whole model. So now it's about, it's now it's about getting you the right payment. It's not even about the right car. Like people are by driving cars that are hundred thousand dollar cars, but the payment works. Right. Right. So when we're, this is where we bring in this whole idea of it's in our DNA, it's in society, it's in the ethers of if you're a woman, there's already a sense of eroded value. There's already a sense of underestimating true value. And, and I think we can take all the confidence classes in the world, but I think what we really need to do is think about what I call our quantum contribution. And so how does my contribution actually impact and enhance my clients' lives? Once I understand that, I stop questioning my value, right? Mm. And yeah. it, becomes less, it becomes less about do I value myself because then that's very self-focused. And the, we, we're, we have so much work to do there. We, you kind of never totally win at that game. You make progress. But is, if you're in business for yourself or as an entrepreneur, it's really about taking a stand. I call it advocating for possibility. Taking a stand for the possibility that your client can have if they were to work with you. Your job is for them to, to your job is to communicate if you knew, if they knew what you knew, then they would say yes. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. would find the resources to do it. Correct. Right? It's not about the money at all, ever. Because I think that you can charge what you can sell. 
And so if you only believe that you can sell a hundred bucks an hour, then that's what you'll sell. I know someone who gets $10,000 an hour. I know it's someone else who gets a million dollars an hour because he doesn't want to work. He was one of the inventors of the Intel chip. He retired years ago. He's worth a fortune, but he has people come to him because he has one of these uncanny business senses. And so, you know, really top of the food chain, C-suite executives go, I, I want to work with you. Here's 4 million bucks. I'll talk to you once a quarter. You know, wow. so, right, right. right. But he's right. unapologetic about, I'm he not doesn't want to work. That's what an hour of my time is worth or I'm not doing it. That's the Elizabeth Taylor story. Right. Um, remember for, um, for Cleopatra, she didn't want to do Cleopatra. Didn't you, can't do imagine, you can't imagine Cleopatra without, you know, Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor. But they were like, we really need you. What, what do you want? What do you want? And she, I think she had, she had asked some, like a stupid amount of money for uh, an actress at that time. Cause all the male, again, all the, <laughs> all the male leads were getting the top yeah. money. And I think she asked for like a million dollars or something like, you know, yeah. just pulled it out of her hat. And she'd said, I want to have the chili from Chasen's delivered to the set every day. You know, she had a writer that was like this long and they said, okay. And she went, Oh shit. <laughs> I should ask for more. That was too easy. <laughs> they accepted it. And you know, yeah. and then Cleopatra was, was Cleopatra. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's what, it's what we think we're, what we, what we think we're worth, what we know we're worth. Yeah. And, and I, I think the biggest challenge that women have in business entrepreneurship, either, either if they're working for a company or if they're, um, if they have their own business is communicating. Yeah. Because you can have a high ticket item or you can say, I'm, you know, I'm $300 an hour for this, uh, to, to be a coach or whatever, but it's communicating why somebody should pay you to talk. And let's, let's be honest. There's a lot of people in the game now. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the game. Yeah. So how do people stand or how do you, how do you talk to your clients about standing out and that message, that communication? Yeah. This is really where you start to get into the beginning of what I call the sales continuum, right? And I just want to say one other thing about the pricing before answering your sure. question yeah. is there's the, the practical, we've been talking about the inner game of pricing. And so the practical piece of pricing is that women tend to be really focused on how do I solve my financial hot potato right now? So there's this horizon effect, right? Gotcha. And so it's like, okay, my kid needs to go to school and the tuition's $20,000 and my deadbeat ex-husband isn't going to pay it. So all of a sudden I have a hot potato. What am I going to do? Uh-oh, I have to go make $20,000. And so they get really focused on just the $20,000 and they put all this energy and effort into that, right? But they never take into account that there's all these other things that you need too, right? Yeah. And so yes. it's like one rule of thumb that I would give people right away as a tip is like, if you get something that's a financial urgency or financial hot potato, double it. So if you need $20,000 to send your kid to private school because somebody's going to default on the payment, then put your energy towards making 40,000 because gotcha. it takes as much energy to make 40 as it does 20. And then you get to keep something. And that's a right. falsity. Cause that's, I mean, people, that's a false uh, mindset where people think that they have to totally. work harder. Yeah. yeah. I got to put more yeah. hours in. I got to, no. I got to really stay at the office late and all of no. that. Right. I think money has money. Wealth prosperity has a lot to do with intentionality and has a lot to do. It's really steeped in co-creativity. My ability to create financial freedom 
was intentional. It was a little kid who wanted to go to Africa. It gave me this body of work. I never knew that would be part of the payoff, right? right. And I went on this journey. And the biggest secret I can tell you from that journey from a seven-year-old to 58 today is that it's become a one-to-one co-creative, empowered, co- highly empowered, intentional co-creative relationship. I get to ask. I don't get to demand, but I get to ask. And then I get led. So what, so with, with, with your clients, what would be like, let's say a, uh, a typical, a typical session. I know everybody's different because I know you have clients yeah. that they span the, you know, but if somebody says to you, okay, Julie, I'm tired of living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Um, I'm starting my, my new business, my con- consulting business or coaching business. And I want to be successful and especially around money around, uh, pricing uh, around investing, whatever, you know, in my, in my business, where do you start with them? Where do you begin with them? Well, I kind of do reverse engineering. So this is where we get into the visionary part of it is I think that people that hold that as a question actually are really visionaries and there's something that's really calling them. And so there's a bigger, bold goal and vision. And so what is that? What does that look like and how would it feel to be there? And then we reverse engineer into what's, I think everybody's carrying a medicine and a magic that somehow helps other people. And so you were asked the question earlier, like, how do you language that? How do you, how do you communicate that to clients so they can resonate with it and see themselves in your offer? So they go, oh yeah, that's the right thing. It's like, it comes, it comes, I think it comes from reverse engineering from your vision because you need to know why you're being called into something. And then you need to know really deeply how what you do translates into a before and an after. And so the advanced move in that is really being able to say they came in with this belief and they left with it shifted in this way, or they came in with this problem and here's what we needed to do to resolve it. And you get really clear about those things. And when you find people that are really successful, especially with the internet marketing, and there's a lot of players in the field, and there's a lot of stuff being flung around out there, (laughs) what cuts through. Because, because people looking for it start to go, oh my God, she said what I was thinking. Right. And that's, that's how you do that. I love that. I love that idea of reverse engineering it. Um, And that gives you the longevity too, when you have that mission or that goal. Um, I, I had heard it and I forget who did the, who uh, the quote could be attributed to. So I apologize to you, whoever. (laughs) Um, but it was something along the lines of people don't buy products or services. They buy you. Yeah. And I, I think with, especially with women entrepreneurs that that's an area that hasn't been fully tapped No, and it needs to be. Yeah. You know, because what we are is amazing. (laughs) It's totally amazing. And it's like this idea of reverse engineering What's so genius about it is, is it gets you focused on the goal and vision and what you're of service to the possibility. And all of a sudden your attention isn't on, am I value? Am I worthy? Your attention's on the service, your attention's on the possibility you want to create for people. And Ulster says something along the lines of clarity sells and energy closes something. I forget what his exact words are, but something along the lines of it's like, 
uh, when we presence our energy along with having the right languaging of things, that's the magic formula. Today, we are taking a look back at the best of this program from 2019, all relating to entrepreneurship and business. This is the very best guest that I've had on this last year that I want to share with you today. So take a listen. And if you want more information about this podcast, you can go to outoftheboxwithchristine.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, Christine Blasdale, and I am so very happy that you tuned in today because we are going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, and that is getting over, releasing ourselves from these unconscious blocks that we have. And this particular arena of life is so very important. My guest today is Chela Diaz, and she is a speaker and trainer who specializes in identifying and releasing Money blocks. That's right. The greenback, the money, the moolah, the stuff that makes the world go round. Yes, unfortunately and fortunately, it is something that we do need to deal with. And we are going to be talking about so many different aspects. Uh, Chella also is the author of the book Money Boot Camp, Financial Literacy for Teens. She works, again, with women, uh, in particular doing these workshops, but she also works with teenagers, which is a whole, we're going to talk about that, that whole subject. So welcome to Out of the Box with Christine Chella. How are you doing? I am marvelous. Thank you very much. I am so glad to be here. I am too, because this is a subject matter that I know a lot of people, we talked before the, the mic was on, that there's something about finances and money that some people, and the majority, and I'm going to ask you, but the majority, I think, are women. When you start talking about numbers and finances, it's like they want to put the, the fingers in the ears and go, la, 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 I don't, I don't hear you. I don't want to. Why is that, would you say? Well, 76% of women believe that they're not good with money. Say that again. 76% of women believe that they're not good with money. I say believe because for the longest time, we men took care of the finances, right? We didn't really have to do any of that. And I believe that it's okay if you're married to have the man take care of the finances. But at least you should know what's going on. What are those numbers? Right, because he ain't going to live forever. (laughs) Well, one and two, let's 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 be honest, folks. I'm divorced. So what happens when you're divorced and he's no longer there to take care of the finances? So we have to be real with that. Right. And there are so many, uh, like you mentioned, there's so many single parents, uh, same-sex couples as as well, right? And and I like the idea of both people. If, you're, if you are in a relationship to have both people really have their head wrapped around finances because um, also there's, there's no surprise. The number one... Um, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm going to say. The number one reason for divorce is, is money. Is money. And, and we have different ideas about money. And I'm so glad. we, Folks, we did not prep that. But that's exactly what it is. Because if you have the money conversation, right, how did he, even on same sex, right, just have the money conversation. What, how did you grow up? You know what I mean? The other person. 
Right. So for me, I have to say, growing up, it was you have to work hard for your money. You got to work hard. You got to struggle. <laughs> Right? right. So what if the other person, if the other person comes from money, they're going to have a different point of view. You just have to be born. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to spending money, so now let's say that we're in a, in a relationship, but when it comes to spending money, we have two different points of views. So I will use mine. Uh, my former husband was a shopper. Well, I'm not. Right. But we had to have that conversation because for him, you know, he had a rough day. Shopping was, you know, retail therapy. Folks, we call it we call it retail therapy for a reason, because a lot of people want to go out and shop. But imagine me. The other person is not a shopper. Right there, you're going to have a, a money agreement or disagreement. A, con- a conflict. We're going to have a conflict. Right. Because we're coming uh, approaching money from two different point, points of views. And and again, when you what we were talking about originally is uh, that most women believe that they're not good with money, not well with money. That is um, is part yes, part cultural, right? Part um, I guess the time in which you were raised. Uh, you would think that you know compared to let's say they, the the nineteen fifties or thirties. To today, you would think that we have, well, with, you know, with women's liberation and education and also saying, hey, sweetheart, you know, Prince Charming is not going to necessarily come and save you. You need to do this on your own. You would think that that would change things quite a bit, but it it hasn't. It hasn't because we still believe, again, this is the belief. We still believe because women are up at night. They're up at three o'clock in the morning thinking that they don't have enough money to retire. That's Yes. How do you know my <laughs> How do you know my sleepless nights? <laughs> right. We think about all these things, right? And it's about getting overcoming that. You know, it does not need to be difficult. It does not need to be hard, ladies. And I'm very, very excited that today we're going to share five tips to get you on your financial track. It, it is going to be simple. It's not going to be easy because you know the monkey chatter, whatever in the little voices, they're going to come up, but. Trust me when I say this. You spend five weeks doing these tasks, and you will feel comfortable about money. That's all. You're going to feel comfortable about managing your money. You're going to feel comfortable about what it takes for you to survive month to month, and you're going to be in a position to save money into your possibility bucket, which we're going to talk about. And also with that, it frees up that energy to what I like about this whole thing is that it'll free up the energy so that we don't think that it, I want to change the belief that you have to work hard to be successful, to have abundance. I don't, I, 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 I know that there are some people, they do, they work hard. They work, you know, like on the weekends, they work crazy hours and they are successful and financially they, they are doing well. But I know that there are people that, that also don't have to do that. And I want to tap into that for, for I want to change those belief patterns, those those ingrained, right, those neural pathways that say you must work hard to um, make money and I am no good at money. <laughs> those <laughs> neural pathways that have been dug in like trenches. I want us to, to rewrite those. Right. We're just going to we're going to change the conversation. We're going to change how we talk to ourselves about that. Okay, let's, and it's as simple as that, folks. Trust me. I like is. that. We like simple, Shella. Um, so, um, all right. So let's let's hit the first one. What's what's the very first thing that we can do? The very first thing, and this is going to be a five, very quick five. Uh, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to keep track of how you're spending your money. 
any time you spend over a dollar, you're going to write it down. And you're going to do this for seven days. There's no judging. There's no comparing. There's no analyzing. You spend it. You write it down. At the end of the seven days, you're going to divide whatever you spent into two columns. How much did you spend on wants? How much did you spend on needs? Again, we have compassion for ourselves. We don't judge it. If you spend $7 in a coffee, speaking from personal experience right now, <laughs> uh, if you spend $30 on a pair of sandals, it doesn't matter. You simply write it down. Step one, keep track of how you're spending your money. Anytime you spend over a dollar, you write it down at the end of seven days, put it in two separate columns. And do you include, okay, so that's like your day-to-day thing when you, if you're getting a cup of coffee or uh, grabbing lunch or things like that. But does that also mean when you, um, when you pay your bills? See, she's already one step ahead, folks. So that, <laughs> do we write those? But, but is that on but the see, list? But see, what happens is, so the magic is that seven days, yeah. you do it. And then you're going to do this for four weeks. Okay. So as the time, so the second week when you have your mortgage or your car payment or your rent or your utility bills or your phone bill, that's also going to be part of the list because that's what you paid out. And that would be, well, rent would be a need, right? Oh, look at her. (laughs) We do need to live in a dwelling. Um, Cable? Very good question. Is that a need or a want? Well, also, let's say you you need it because you need to have the internet connect connections. Let's okay. say that we need it. Yeah, yeah. But can we go out and do a little shopping, comparison shopping at this point in time? Yes, we can. Right? Yeah. So it's about need. So this is it. So during those four weeks that you're doing this, a couple of magical things are going to happen. One, you're going to identify when you shop. When do you go do retail shopping? <laughs> is it happened on no it really because yeah. th- this is it every single person that has done this they find so do they go on weekends is that where your week spots are is it on a wednesday night is that a thursday night is it a friday night you want to find out when is it that you go out and spend money on needs okay when do you do it on wants Right? Needs, obviously, the rent, we have to pay that. Correct. First of the month, fifth of the month, or whatever. But when are you spending that want? And when you see this in paper, and you say, you know, I'll use one of my clients. So she found out, after doing this for four weeks, that she was spending $600 in going out to eat for lunch. A month. A month, after the four weeks. $600 a month on lunch. going out to, for lunch. Okay. Lunch. But when you see well, it, because a glass of wine, you know, you can't just have a sandwich or a salad. <laughs> Jella, you got to have a glass of, you know, Pinot Gris. So then when you, you see that, she chose, I don't believe you have to give up. So she chose to cut back. She only went out to lunch on Fridays and she started saving $500 a month towards a down payment of a house. Right? Because once you know where your money is going, then you can adjust and say, right, gotcha. Or, gotcha. or it just make the other choices, right? Am I going to, do I want to pay off some debt? Do I maybe want to go out to lunch and whatever the money, I'll pay off the credit card debt? Or my favorite, do I want to put some money into my possibility account? That possibility account, are we going to talk about that? We're going to. Okay. <laughs> Another thing was, was uh, and this, because I've, I've heard this from from several people, when it comes to the uh, the wants, right, uh, on that list of wants, when you add it up, 
um, are are people who, let's say, they have a ha- smoking. They when they sit down and add it up because oh, a pack here, a pack there, they're not thinking about it, right? But when they add it all up and they go, oh my gosh, this is how much I spend a month. Obviously, it's not good. You know, it affects your, it impacts your health, which can cost you financially later as well. But when you see it in black and white, again, it adds up like those Starbucks coffees. You're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right? That's that's a, that's a, four new tires on my car. Or <laughs> that's like you said, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, not a down payment on your on your what is it? Possibility list. It's a possibility account. So account. Christine cannot wait any longer. So yeah. we're going to talk <laughs> yeah. about the possibility account. Okay. So I like the possibility account because in the possibility account, I have I want to have three months of my monthly obligations. I want to start saving for a vacation that I want to take. I want to put money in there for my tires that I'm going to need in two years. Mm-hmm. I want to put in, I want to buy a new computer. So this is, that's it. It's a possibilities, right? It's not an emergency fund because I don't like, the per- personally don't like the emergency thing. But it's a possibility because you can put anything. Well, do I want to start investing for a future? Right. Do I want to do short-term investment, long-term investment? All of this could be into the possibility account, which is why I love it. Because the minute you start seeing that possibility account grow, it's going to make it a lot easier for you to not go to the coffee and pay seven bucks. Right. It's not. It's going to make it a lot easier for you to pack your lunch instead of going out to lunch. I'm not saying you're not ever going to do it. It's just more often you're going to, to do it. And also, you know, the other thing I really highly recommend is that you have a list of at least five things you're going to do for yourself as a reward. What five, if, five, five things, things we're going to do for ourselves as a reward. As so a let's reward. say you accomplished a milestone, whatever that may be. You saved $2,000. What are you going to do to treat yourself? Because I don't think we do that enough to actually consciously go out and do something for ourselves. You know, and I'll, I'll share some of the ones for my clients. Some of them want to go out and get their car washed. That's a treat for them. Right. Some of them go on to go out and buy a nice bottle of wine. Some of them go out for a Maddie and a Petty. Some of them go for a drive to the beach. A list of five things so that you know that you're going to do something on this list when you accomplish a milestone. Correct. And you set your own milestone, whatever that may be. If it's $1,000 or... It's a $500, right? right? It's, right. it's you. It's, it's, it's a reward for yourself because I don't think we do that enough. Yeah. No. We just go. I think we bounce around. We bounce around. We bounce around. And we're also... Um, preoccupied there's so many things going on and that's why also too i think that we do spend money that we we're not even realizing so this whole idea about writing it down uh everything over a dollar writing it down uh, on your list and what was wants what were needs right that is so brilliant because because we are so um busy and when you're busy things just you just go and do things you know and it's almost sometimes it's out of habit and other times it's just out of that sheer energy of just being bounced around this, you know, <laughs> this world. And you, you don't even realize it. But having it writing, writing it down, that's awesome. So that's number that's number one. One, the, one was keeping track. You're going to do it for four weeks. Four weeks. Right. And then we're going to start thinking of your money as dividing them into three buckets. Your needs, your wants, and your possibility. No, that's number three. Number four is compassion, compassion, compassion. This is the beginning 
Today is the first day of your financial fitness. We're not going to look back at mistakes we made last year. We're not going to look back as to how we overspent and whatever we purchased that we did not need. That's going to come up, but you're going to have compassion because today is the new start of your financial fitness. And number five is I recommend you get an accountability partner. Get two or three people that have similar, you don't have to have same goals, obviously, but have similar goals. I'll share. I have two weaknesses, folks, and I've been doing this for many, many years. I cannot resist things on sale, even if they're not for me. I want to buy them. I know. I know. And purchasing personal development courses. Those are my two weaknesses. So when I get tempted to do that, I call my accountability partners and I justify to them my sale. Why do I want to purchase this? Why do I? And so they just listen. They don't judge. They don't ask questions. It's you just sitting there supporting each other. Because we all need that, right? Yeah. We need that person that's not going to judge us. It cannot be your partner. It cannot be your spouse no. or life partner. No, no, no. no okay, no. good. We're, we're good on that page. But find a group of two or three of you that are going to support each other. It's great to be supportive, but also it's great to share your wins. I reached my goal today, right? Yeah. Have that person that's going to have your back. Well, also, too, see, when you're just by your little lonesome self and you see a sale on something or you see this really cool, you know, self-development kind of course thing, it's so easy just to hit buy now, right? But then when you have to – it's not justifying it, but when you have to say it to another person and you have to speak it out loud and say the words, yes, I really do need that purse <laughs> or shoes or whatever, new laptop, tablet, whatever it is that you're, you're, you were going to just buy your lonesome in your happy little you know, world on your phone, say buy now, you speak the words – that also changes things, right? Because then yes. you go, do I really need that? Exactly. And the other person just listens to you, right? It, right. It's just, but you're building your support community, gotcha. right? And not only that, but now it's three of you meeting and accomplishing a financial goal, which right. I think that's the magic, right? So you're not just there to support, but you're also building and helping each other get to the whatever next level is for them. Today, we are taking a look back at the best of this program from 2019, all relating to entrepreneurship and business. This is the very best guest that I've had on this last year that I want to share with you today. So take a listen. And if you want more information about this podcast, you can go to outoftheboxwithchristine.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, of course, of course, Christine Blasdale, and I am so happy. I am jazzed about today's show, and so I'm really happy that you tuned in. You've got to tell your friends about the show. You've got to share the show when it's over. Please, please do, because my guest is a phenomenal woman, just a genius. Her name is Susie Pruden, and she is the co-founder of Itty Bitty Publishing, and her story, her, her life story is absolutely inspiring. 
inspiring. It's something that I would think so many of us need to hear right now. But um, her uh, a publishing company, she put together with her sister, uh, Joan, and they wrote the original book was the Itty Bitty Weight Loss book. And they discovered this amazing, unique blend of publishing and business opportunity together. And since they founded the Itty Bitty Publishing um, uh, Company, they have, well, she's going to tell you the success of this 15 simple informative steps steps by experts in their field of all kinds. And I'm so, so excited to welcome to Out of the Box with Christine, Susie Pruden. Susie, welcome to the show. Thank you, and thank you for that fabulous introduction. When you have, when you're an author, you are perceived as an expert in your field. You then you get booked for for speaking engagements, and then more comes and more comes, and maybe the New York Times will come and do a photo shoot of you. <laughs> right? I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> you got your and, hair done now. <laughs> and now I know what I'm doing. I mean, I got I, I did 18 national tours because I wrote so many books, and. It, it is it is a, a skill and and it really works. Um, but the it, it, the itty bitty it it was a, it was an it wasn't we didn't wake up that morning. My sister was visiting me over the holidays, thinking that we were going to be doing this company. It, it happened literally in a flash. Mm-hmm. And and since then we've also created Legacy Press because some people really want to tell their whole story. And this is very funny. My sister hates story. She hates it. <laughs> it it's not even a mild dislike. <laughs> she, she apps, and, and she's very, and she voices her disapproval. And so we, I have some authors who really want to tell their story. And I don't really care. You want to tell your story and you want to pay me $5,000? I'll tell your story. Exactly. And, and, then, and then we'll market you. Because I have somebody who's who's just finished her book, and it's about the hell she went through with her husband, and how she, and and it was really and and her family and religion and, and it was just I read this book and I'm going oh my god it's amazing this woman's still alive, mm. and now she's using all that experience to help people who are in similar situations, which are heal. a lot, which yeah there are a lot, yes yeah there are a lot, and and so she. But but her story is inviting people into her mindset, into her life, so she can come into their life to help them out of where they are to where they would like to go. Well, and in that case, too, you would need you need the story because you can't just do 15 simple steps to get away from your abusive husband. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, there's this there's this idea right there. <laughs> oh, the itty bitty get away from your abusive husband book. <laughs> oh, okay. We're not making light of this as at all, but my goodness, um, yes. Okay, so that's why the story was important, obviously, right? So that you draw the listener in. But I, I'm also, I'm kind of with the the mindset too with your sister. I like, you know, and it's maybe it's our the social media uh, mediaitis that we have, where you know we. We're so busy. We've got so many things going on and we do absorb or consume information in smaller and smaller bites um, and, and quick. And, uh, and, and I do like the, and I also like the idea that, um, that because it's the itty bitty book too, it can be 
I feel a sense of accomplishment when I finish a book. And when it's a 300 or 400 page book, I'm not going to get through that thing. <laughs> and then I always feel like there's something that just been has not been finished. And I like to cross things off my list. Do you have, Are you a lister? It's so much fun reading itty bitty books because 20 minutes, check. 20 minutes, <laughs> check. What, what, we lo- what we looked at was the dummies books. And dummies books are 350 pages you have to read with a yellow highlighter. Yes. And itty bitty books are the yellow highlights. Um, but you want to give our, our listeners an idea of maybe some what, what the world can expect from itty bitty publishing? Are there things that you want to do outside of what you have been doing? Because I know you're not you're not going to rest on your laurels, so to speak. Okay, so now I'll tell you absolutely brilliant idea I had. I'm listening to my clients and I say, why don't you, I tell them you have a very unique, this is very funny, you have a very unique idea and you have a system that you created. Why don't you certify people in your system, have them teach your system and pay you for the certification and become in your industry, whatever it is, like the Pilates and fitness. Mm-hmm. And they say to me, well, what gives me the right to certify? I said, because it's your system. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I know. And they kind of look at me like, yes, but I don't have the certification. No, 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 silly. Yeah. <laughs> It's your so, system. It's, pardon me? It's, but you, you nailed it on the head. It's your system. Yeah. I mean, Pilates didn't have a certification. To right. Create a certification, a Pilates certification. I mean, Pilates was Pilates. Yes. Zumba is Zumba. I mean, it, it, it's so funny. <laughs> Jazzercise is jazzercise. Dancercise is dancercise. And they all have certifications. But they didn't go to a, a place where the, it says, "This is the official, the only certified." No. Right? Yeah, yeah. This is the certification program to certify what you know. So I've created a certification certification program. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> My brain just snapped. Wait, you created a certification certification, certification. program. So I certify people to certify their program. Oh my God, you're brilliant. And, and and it's like, oh, thank you. So you take them through the whole, because, yeah, because here's the thing. Let's say I've got a system, whatever it is, uh, XYZ. I'm not going to know how to, how to market that or how to make it a cert, you know, how to make it a certification. Right. You teach people how to do that. Yeah. And I, I made it, my sister and I made it up because we created a certification program for weight loss when I was in the weight loss industry. Right. It was our program. Right. And then we certified people to, to be, what would we call it, pounds off, pounds off certified practitioners. And they could teach the pounds off program. Oh, my God. Susie, then there's so many things that you could you could certify people with. Anybody who comes into me with a system that they made up can certify people in that system and then have people. So it's 
it's it's like Reiki. It's like the uh, NLP. It's like hypnosis. It's it's like Pilates. It's like Zumba. It's like dance exercise. It becomes a tool in your toolbox. Yes, a really nice tool. Susie, um, we're almost out of time, and and I want to let our listeners know what's the best way if they, um, well, first of all, if they want to check out Itty Bitty Publishing, and and of course the work that you do, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to also become a best selling author, how do they get in touch with you? How where do they go? Way is to, there's two ways. They can actually call me directly. I do answer my phone. Really? Yeah, I you, do. You want to give and, your number out? Yeah, if it's too much, I'll just. Get a new phone. There you go. Go <laughs> ahead, girl. Throw out that phone number. It's 310-640-8885. We got to do That's that again. So, yeah. 310-640-8885. Okay. And that is a cell phone. And so you can text me, which is actually better because I, I sometimes miss my – I sometimes get so many calls that I don't see them. And do you have but a website? Do you have a website so people can check out the... Uh, that's what I yeah. Next is itty, I-T-T-Y, bitty, B-I-T-T-Y, publishing, dot com. Itty, and, bitty, publishing, dot com. Yeah. And if you want to write to me, it's Susie, S-U-Z-Y, at itty, bitty, publishing. Um, that will go to Donna, who will send it to me. And... If you want to, uh, you can send me a note on the there's a there's a part on the front page that says if you want more information, put your information in here and I'll call you. You uh, are wonderful. Oh my gosh, my guest again has been Susie Pruden. She is the co-founder of Itty Bitty Publishing, and again, you can get more information by going to Itty Bitty Publishing.com. She threw out her phone number, which is like uh, so fantastic that you um you're going to have a phone number for her it's 3106408885 we want to re- remind people too that this show if there's some if this is not just for you um but if this is something that you think would be amazing an amazing opportunity for for a family member for a friend uh, please do share this program with them. You can do that by uh, by just sharing the YouTube video. Also, you can subscribe to the show uh, as well by going to iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podbean. It's all available there if you want to make sure that you never miss an episode of Out of the Box with Christine. But I want to thank you again, Susie, so much for the work that you that you do and um, for, for um, all these itty-bitty books and best-selling authors that they are. Thank you so much for the work that you do, and, and I hope you have many, many years of continued success. Thank you. I'm having fun. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> all right, listeners, thanks so much again, and remember to tune in next week for another show. And as always, uh, remember to stay outside of that box. Bye for now.